Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. What's up, Dennis? What's up, Josh? No, you know. Are you doing okay? No. Tell me what's wrong. Well, it's just us two. It, it happened again. We've been doing this for over a year now. This time last year, I had the post-Halloween blues. Oh. Got them again. The ghouls have all done their scares. They have. Other things happened. The werewolves have changed back into a sad man. Oh. The sad man is makes me sad about werewolves. The vampires put themselves on a boat full of rats and ship themselves away. I think the problem is that Teen Wolf shows us a world where being a werewolf is very exciting and can help you. But most other movies show us that it's really a, a terrible affliction. It's a curse. Uh, the, the, the man in Monster Squad. Yeah. He was a sad werewolf. Do you think that he would have been happier if he would have, tri- would have tried to surf a, a van? Or if he slam dunked? Or if he had a guiding friend like Styles. Now, the interesting thing, though, is that... No, I guess that's not interesting. What's interesting? I was going to say Wolfman has nards. That is... You know what? That is interesting. In both cases, they they have nards. It's implied that Teen Wolf has nards. You know, the interesting thing is Wolfman has nards. Look, man, I'm all bummed out about this Halloween business. Are you in a book club? I think that would be great if you were. No. Would you record it for us? A book club? Yeah, like you're hanging out with all these folks drinking wine, and then all of a sudden you bust it out with, you know, the interesting thing is, Wolfman's got nards. And then just like slammed your glass down and left, and said something like, I don't even drink wine. <laughs> cowards. Why are they cowards? I don't know. Man. You know, I wanted to point out, before we were about to record, I asked you to really up the energy, and you... So I just started screaming, and you came out with a ha-cha-cha-cha, which I, re- I think either you're regressing, somehow regressing into an old man's body, or your brain is just melting. I would be progressing into an old man's body, and my brain is mm. melting. Mm. I'll tell you what, though. I got just the thing for that. Perhaps the only good thing that happens after Halloween. Cheap candy? I got some fucking nerds, baby. I'm going to pound these nerds on the podcast. I didn't sign up for this. Yes, you did. I can't have you all sugared up. Nerds. Oh, God. Oh, man. If just regular life didn't make you burp and and stutter while we're recording, a mouthful of nerds is really going to fuck you up. I'm doing great. No, not... (laughs) Don't be chewing nerds while we're trying to talk. Oh, he... Don't uh, worry about it. Uh, fans of the podcast, uh, I will just let me just point out: uh, Josh has a mouthful of nerds. Mm-hmm. Grape. What nerds. flavor? Grape. They look purple. Grape. God, what's wrong with you? Gotta have grape. That's not th- even a not even a good candy. You fucking bite your tongue. If it was made a good candy, I would. What's a good candy for you? I am a fan of chocolate and chocolate type candies. I like a little Snickers. 
I love a mini Reese cup. And I think I like a mini Reese cup more than I like a regular Reese cup because it's got more chocolate. Hmm. Now, can I ask you a question? I insist. Why do you call it a Reese? What's it supposed to be? Reese. A Reese cup? <laughs> Reese's pieces or Reese's peanut butter cup. And what did I say? Reese. Reese's. You hit that 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 hard e. Reese's cup. Reese's cup? Yeah. No. No, I don't I don't like it. I like it's... a peanut butter cup. Okay, that's your prerogative, buddy. I'm not trying to hold you back. I'm just saying, nerds are, I don't know, I don't like them. They're great. Give me some energy, some podcasting energy now. Um, uh-oh. 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 Hey, man. Here comes that energy. Look, I don't care if the ghost has taken off its sheet and put it in the laundry. You know, I'm ready to do this podcast. And what do you say when you have a lot of energy? <laughs> Jesus. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, I got this injury. It hurts to laugh. Oh, what are you, Swamp Thing? <laughs> yes. I haven't told you all these years. <laughs> I had a theory. That time that I chopped your arm off with a machete and you just uh-huh. put it into a, a beam of sunlight and it grew uh-huh. back. Right. Because that's how photosynthesis works. I mean, Swamp Thing. He's magical, dude. Uh, you know what's interesting, folks? Swamp Thing. I'm out this book club! <laughs> But instead of a, instead now, of a glass, <laughs> you go to a book club, right? Right. Uh-huh. Say you're reading like a uh, hundred years of solitude. Uh huh. But the book's upside down, <laughs> and you just keep. Anytime anybody says anything, you just roll it in the swamp thing somehow. So give me an example. Uh, you, you be a Gary book clubber. Fuck. Am I supposed to know about hundred years of solitude? Pick pick a book. A book that you, uh, you know off the top of your head. Uh, the, Bi- the Bible. Um, uh, the, uh, this is a lot of pressure. I don't, I, don't, I don't know a lot of... I don't know a lot of popular books. Oh, wait. Catcher in the Rye. Okay. okay. Um, uh, what's, the main, what's the main protagonist? Holden Caulfield. Holden Caulfield. Well, um, this one part where Holden Caulfield is at private school, and then he gets asked to leave, and then he goes to New York, and all this... Are you going to bust in at some point? I was going to wait for you to make like a statement and then oh, oh, oh. Statement give a rebuttal. Is, uh, I mean, I, I, I truly feel like uh, uh, The Catcher in the Rye is really a treatise on the plight of the middle class. You know, it's pretty interesting. Swamp Thing had tubers that people ate. <laughs> and it gave them like a psychedelic drug trip. Oh, um... Well, I really think we should stay on topic here with the catcher in the rye. Oh, I thought, wait, didn't we read the swamp thing in the rye? (laughs) And scene. I wish, is there a book called The Swamp Thing in the Rye? And it's about how Swamp Thing gets kicked out of private school and goes to prostitutes? Yeah. Catcher in the Rye is a very overrated book. Am I right? I believe so. I mean, I I read it when I was like 15, so that was pretty, pretty dope at the time. But Sure, sure. I don't know if I'd feel the same way when I, if I revisit it now. I read it in my adult life, maybe like, oh, like years and years ago, but well into my adult life, and I was just like, what? Is, what the fuck is this book about? Who gives a shit? This rich prick. Who fucking cares? I hate that shit. 
You know what holds up, though? Uh, Swamp Thing. Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing. Oh, fantastic. It's got everything. It's got Etrigan the Demon. Uh-huh. Got those underwater vampires. Oh, everybody's turning off their podcast machine. It's got the part where Swamp Thing gets kicked out of that private school and then goes <laughs> to New York and feeds his tubers to prostitutes. I'm the sorry. Catcher just to sex the, workers. So, thank you. The sex Catcher in the Swamp Thing. <laughs> um. So wait, let's go back because I think we went off on a weird tangent. Um, what are you doing with these post-Halloween blues? Well, eating candy. Okay, how do we turn this into energy? Not just candy energy, like positive energy. Nerds energy. I still got a lot left. I mean, like vibes, dog. I don't know, man. Just wait until Halloween for next year. That's my boy. I gotta make a confession. Okay. You know what's interesting? Uh... I don't know if I care about Halloween. I know. I know. You know, that's fine, man. You don't have to. I didn't even watch a scary movie this year. What's... I I mean... I have no desire to put on a costume. Would you have the desire to put on a costume if we went as Dr. Forrester and TV's Frank again? Which is our our duo costume we've been talking about for years, but never brought into fruition? Well, I did Dr. Forrester. I like how you said again as if we'd never done it. Well, I, I dressed up as Dr. Forrester a few years ago. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people suggested duo um, costumes to me. <sighs> I don't know. Okay. Next year. Okay. Here, here's what I'm going to do to All give right. myself, to, to push through these post-Halloween blues. Okay. I'm going to start planning. I'm going to take a trip out to the East Coast. Next so year. we can be together on Halloween next year. Okay. And we'll have a duo costume. I okay, be Swamp what, what's Thing. it going to be? I could be Swamp Thing. And I'll be Adrian Barbeau? You can be Holden Caulfield. What is that? What's the duo? Catcher in Swamp the Swamp Thing? Swamp Thing in the Rye. Swamp Thing in the Rye. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And if anybody asks what the connection is, <laughs> haven't you read the fucking book? You idiots. <sighs> I'll be Alan Moore and you be Holden Caulfield. Or how about this? You just come to visit and we don't bother with going out. We just buy candy and watch Ghostbusters. I like Ghostbusters and I like candy. I like handing out the the, the, the treats to the kids. I didn't hand out any candy this year. Dennis. I don't got no money. Do you know how many kids come to our house? You got to give it's, them some. I mean, I don't. But it's got to be like... 12,000 children. It's cray. I, I don't know what to tell you, dog. It's cray cray. So you just don't get any? Not this year. This was the first year we didn't. Because it's a, we spent like 100 bucks last year. Good. That's a lot. There's a lot of candy. 100 bucks worth of kids excited out there. Eh, Is that how monsters. that math works? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're little monsters. Anyway, I don't think we're going to come to some conclusion about Halloween, other than you're sad that it's over. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Still going uh, to eat some pumpkin pie. No, pumpkin pie is a good time. You know, I was thinking, uh, like I said last uh, last uh, episode, the only thing I really did Halloween-y was watch a couple episodes of um, The Simpsons. Ah, Treehouse of Horror. Treehouse of Horror. And I was uh, mentioning that in one of the episodes, uh, Homer called, said somebody was queer. Yes. And, um, 
how shocked I was. And then after we stopped recording, I was like, wait a minute, that show has been super racist for many, many years. I don't know why I should be so shocked about it. So I thought about it and I was just like, oh, that's a weird, weird little thing just to pick out to be shocked about that, that dumbass show. I mean, like I said, that, that was from the, what, mid nineties, probably late nineties. Luckily we're not racist anymore. Look, we're rehashing what we did last episode here. I'm still disappointed. Hmm. Man, we we just need fucking Swamp Thing to come around with those tubers. What would that sound like? What Swamp Thing coming so around I with wanna, the tuber? I want to hear. I want. I want to hear Swamp Thing um, meet a person, and I want you to name that person, and then I want you to give him a tuber. Okay. And action. Ah, I am Swamp Thing. I have risen. From the the nearby swamp to approach you, Richard Spencer, white nationalist. Oh, you took an actual person, not a made-up person. I have brought you something of the utmost importance. Do you accept Richard Spencer, piece of shit? Oh, am I supposed to be Richard Spencer? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yes, Swamp Thing, I accept uh, white white power. Does he say that? I, I think he probably implies it. Oh, okay. Sorry. I probably, I don't want to get us sued. Here, eat this tuber that has come from my body. Okay. Chomp, chomp, chomp. You just ate my fucking doo-doo, you scrub. And scene. <laughs> and that is how Swamp Thing will change the world, because his doo-doo will also be really toxic and kill <laughs> Nazis. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's how you get yourself a popular podcast. <laughs> You have the ability to work like that. On command, know what's my motivation, none of that. Just do it. Do hey, as you're told. It who Now, if you had told me during the course of this podcast, we would reenact Swamp Thing feeding Richard Spencer his own doo-doo and killing him with it, mm-hmm. I would have said, you're fucking crazy. You're out of mm-hmm. your flipping mm-hmm. mind. And here we are. We just We just that did it. Just, that just happened. Just happened. God damn. Now I am going to approach DC Comics with a great new idea. Yes. Swamp Thing killing the alt-right with his doo-doo. I can see this as like a four-page, like, kind of jokey part of a Swamp Thing annual. Where it's like you doing the voice of Swamp Thing to scare Richard Spencer, but then the actual Swamp Thing showing up to punch Richard Spencer. That would be sick. Especially because Swamp Thing can, like, pass his body through vegetation. So he could just fucking, just a fist right out of a tree. Is that how vegetables work? They can just go through each other? No, but Swamp Thing is like a, a swamp spirit. He's like an elemental, almost. Really? Yeah. Al Nor took him in some trippy directions. That's crazy. Yeah. This All episode's right, think, really heavy on Swamp Thing content. Yeah, huh? I think we need to move past <laughs> this. You sure? Yeah, we might go. We might. Um, I was thinking the other day, and I, I was like, man, my man Josh will know what I'm talking about. So, sometimes when I'm by myself, I just make, like, really weird faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I'll be walking in the hallway and just being like, just for no reason. I'm like, or what was it the other day? Somebody (laughs) in my office building, they made announcements like, 
don't worry about the fire alarms. We're just like testing things. So I came out of the office and I was just making this like, like looking around, <laughs> like, like I was like some weird fucked up detective or something. I'm like, one of these days someone's going to catch me and they're going to, they're going to ask me what, what the fuck is wrong with me. That might happen, but I'm going to, I'm going to make a bold claim here. Okay. I bet 80% of people do the same thing. Like make weird faces when they're by themselves? Yeah. To entertain themselves? Yeah. 80% of the people? Yeah. Look, dude, life is fucking boring. You got to do a bunch of shit. You got to do a bunch of shit when you're by yourself. Yeah, but I feel a little crazy when I do it. Yeah, that's why. It's, it gives you a little rush. Like I'll scream in the car sometimes and then I'll say something ridiculous and then I'll laugh at myself. So if you're looking at me from outside of the car, you see somebody like really, really infuriated and then giggling hysterically. And it just yeah. looks cuckoo. I, I think every I, I see people Everybody? doing shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Every, I think people are afraid that that other people will see them. I'm not afraid. That's true. But sometimes people do it. In a situation where they think nobody sees them, and then somebody is like, oh, what's that? Hmm. Okay. Okay. But I know you make some faces. I do. There was that time that uh, I took a sip of water and then looked in the mirror before I finished swallowing and said, you fucking homunculus, and made a weird face, and then the water spilled all over my shirt. I was also thinking about the time you were talking to that squirrel. No, the crow. And the crow. The, you, and some people <laughs> noticed you and you were like, whoops. Yeah, that's that's a regular thing here. What did you say to the crow? I was like, what's up, gato? <laughs> Which means cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long story. I was calling him something else, but found out that it's uh, kind of uh-huh. a slang term, uh, a derogatory term for homosexuals. So I... Even when talking to crows, don't want to go there. So I changed it to gato because it sounds like it. Yeah, don't use slang from other languages when you don't know what it means. I thought I knew what it meant. And then I actually, I was like, wait, I'm saying this a lot. I should look this up. And then I looked it up and it, yeah. You're a real mess. So I apologize to all the crows that I called that. Uh, I don't think it's crows you need to apologize to. Speaking of derogatory, did you say derogatory is something for gay people? A derogatory term for gay people. Hmm. It's funny. I was in a... It's not funny. It's actually kind of weird. Um, I was in a lift. I have a lot of lift stories, which also makes me feel like a, a little bit of a Holden Caulfield. But um, I was in a lift, and uh, this woman was just like... drive. The person driving me just would not stop talking. Because I was about to get in the car, and I was like, oh, shit. I didn't realize I left my lunch bag in this corner store. And so I... I was like, can you please wait and come and please wait so I can go get it. I ran and got it. I was like, oh, my God, thank you. She's like, oh, yeah, it's not a problem. Uh, uh, I'm, you know, uh, I just want everybody to be happy. I'm a really nice person. Blah, blah, blah. Just wouldn't wouldn't stop talking. But then she was trying to say that she'll drive anybody unlike other Lyft and Uber drivers. She's like, I don't care who it is. I'll drive White people, black people, um, I don't know what the term is that's appropriate, <laughs> but gay people, and I'm like, I, th- I think it's just gay people. I yeah. think that's okay. I think I think that's an okay thing. I mean, but trying, <laughs> like, to say like, I don't know what they like to be called is 
that's a little it's, weird. It's a clumsy attempt, I, th- I think, at trying to not offend. <laughs> that's absolutely what it was. Yeah. It, but uh, uh, in, in, in attempting to sidestep anything offensive, you kind of were a little bit offensive still. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I just wanted to be like, no, I think I think you're okay. Just say that. But she didn't stop talking for a half an hour, so uh, I was really... And I was sitting in coffee, so I was very upset. She's like, and like, take this last this last guy that was in my car. Like, he was just really pissed off the whole time. And I was like, yeah, I think he spilled his coffee all over the, all over the seat. And she's like, oh man, I'm sorry. And I'm like, what are you gonna do? Thanks, dude. Uh, I had a pretty delightful ride with a, a Lyft driver recently. A gentleman who is from Eritrea, I believe. Okay. And we were we were chatting. I like to chat up people to let them know I appreciate. The work that they're doing and That's stuff. That's nice of you. And uh, he was telling me that he works full-time as a nursing assistant, and he picked up this job. He, he had just started doing it a few days previously because he's got kids and stuff, you know, and his wife doesn't work, and, you know, he's trying to make ends meet. And, you know, I wish him the best. I left a great tip, left a stellar review. But he was driving like somebody who had worked a full day and uh, then jumped in a car and started driving for the night. <laughs> At least... Like, great. But... But on the opposite end, like he wasn't driving like a maniac. Uh, okay. He was driving just like a little Mr. Magoo style, like a little slow, you know, Yeah. Oh. like like a little like uh, breaking at intersections where there's no stop sign and stuff. See, see, that, that shit would make me crazier than people who drive a little yeah. wild. I I feel like, that. Come on. If I was come on. If I was in the car behind him, I do. probably would have been very upset. But I would never. I, I, know. I would never say any of that out loud, by the way. I would just say, I would just. Yeah. We've discussed on the show of yeah. your. Uh, I would click on clean car instead of good driving. I gave him a good review. God bless him. I hope he does well. You actually give reviews, like type it out and stuff? Yeah, I typed a review. Oh, I never do that. Well, maybe you should. Is How about good? instead of getting on the podcast and talking trash on your Lyft drivers, you leave them a little review? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm, nice. Look, I'm going to be honest with we you. We really right? drifted apart as friends. You don't like you know, Halloween. You don't want to leave reviews for Lyft drivers. It sounds like you have too much time on your hands, to be honest with you. Oh, is that so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could could be making this podcast into some something bigger, and instead you're writing reviews for Lyft drivers. No, I, I go into the app. I'm like, okay, I want to leave a tip. And then right underneath of it, there's an opportunity. Reads, I don't care who reads it. As long, anyway. If somebody reads looking it. looking down at the person who's about to come pick you up, and you're like, mm, I don't know. Josh didn't say anything nice about this person. If it, look, if it scores points... With Freddie Lift, then, you know, I'm happy to do it. So, your assumption is that the owner of Lift... Is a man. Inc. Is a man, and his name is Freddie Lift. Yeah. Why would it be spelled L-Y-F-T instead of L-I-F-T? Good point. You know what's interesting? Spelling. Um, Anyway. Spelling is... Hella interesting. So I have very big news. Hit me. I actually have two big newses. Would this be considered a BFS news minute if it's about each other? Uh, yeah. You know, I throw in the music. Okay. All right. So news item number one. Do you have do you have a typewriter sound effect oh, uh, like a news radio thing you can do? Yeah, I could find something. Don't don't worry about it. I don't want to. 
don't want to. I don't want to put you out. I know. I know there's only so much time in the day. You gotta do some lift reviews before you can do any podcast stuff. I don't want to put you out. Are you suggesting I don't do enough for the podcast? Oh, you know what? Don't, don't, don't. Let me just can can we just get back to the news? I I just I'm just asking because uh, can, we, can we just get back to the news? Play the music again. Okay, thanks. Um, okay. Wait, news. I have some news really quick. Here, let me play the music again. <laughs> this just in. Dennis has never edited an episode of this podcast. That's right. That's not my job. <laughs> my job is to just be hilarious. You just show up. I just... You know what? Eat shit. I write copious notes about what I'm go what the funny I'm going to make on this podcast. Right? So let's get back to the can, to, okay. can, can you just play a quick clip of the music real yeah. quick? Okay. Okay. So I use I uh, item number one. We have acquired a cat. Yes. Very big deal. I was with uh, some folks this weekend. I was showing them pictures of the cat, and they said, well, I guess I don't have to listen to the next episode of the podcast because it was a cliffhanger last episode. So I said, well, you got a little <laughs> little uh, back uh, backstage view. The only problem is that we have not yet figured out a name. Now, it doesn't really matter, but no, I, I thought, eventually... I thought you had a name. Yeah, but then... I don't... Okay, we, had, we were thinking that a great cat name would be Fezzik. It's a wonderful name. A uh, little wonderful name, little uh, Princess Bride reference there. Correct, Andrea the Giant's character in Princess Bride. Did you call him Andrea? Andrea Giant. Everybody knows the name. So Andre the Giant. Anyway, but then when we came home, Alexis was saying, "Well, I don't know. I think we gotta pick a name that goes with uh, his personality." Okay. So. Uh, which is tough because on the one hand, he's a bit of an explorer. So I'm like, what about like, uh, Magellan, little, like, um, Magellan or Balboa, Vasco da Gama, you like a little Amerigo Vespucci. But then on the other hand, he's an asshole. So I'm not sure. So I don't want to name him asshole. Like he could be one of those colonizers. Cor- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It'd be perfect. So we're really torn. So I don't know what to name. But um, he's a pretty killer, uh, except when he's all riled up at five o'clock in the morning. Well, and we've talked about your cats have the eleven o'clock crazies, the elevensies, the elevensies. Um, uh, he has the eightsies and five amsies. Okay. Well, he's so, he's young yet, so he's yeah. got a lot of got a lot of spunk. He's getting um, in, he's getting into those boxes of nerds, as it were. Pretty much. Uh, today he was doing a thing where he's trying to swat at me through the back of a chair, like a <laughs> kitchen chair. And then he was trying to climb on top of the kitchen chair. And we're just talking like one of those, the cheapest wooden Ikea chair yeah, you can buy. Yeah. And then he found himself suspended on the top of the chair, like like slunk down like a wet noodle because he couldn't figure out like how to get back or forward. Idiot. Cats are dumb. They have little walnut brains. Yeah, he's so stupid. God bless him. Yeah. So anyway, he's pretty cool, um, and uh, I will let you know the name. But the name that the we we went to go hang out with my family, and my mother said, hey, uh, what's the cat's name? 
And I said, well, we haven't come up with a name, but the name at the at the uh, shelter was Rudy. Now, the reason that the cat's name was Rudy was because it was part of a maybe like a, a trio triplets, not triplets, okay. but a trio of. Well, are they? I guess they're triplets, right? So, yeah. So he was named Rudy. Another one was named Giuliani and another one was named <laughs> New York City. Correct. Uh, no, it was like Rudolph, um, Blitzen, and, and Dewey. <laughs> it was Dewey, Cheatham, Howe, and Rudolph. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but uh, my mom got excited because my grandfather's name is Rudy. Yeah. And so she said, oh, my God, it's a sign. And I was like, <laughs> right. I was like, she's like, you can't change that name. I was like, there's no fucking way I'm having a cat named Rudy. It's super boring. I, I think you should, because this way you'll always be reminded that we're living in a simulation. More on that later. Because. Synchronicity. Oh, right, 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 right. I still don't get this, but. That's fine. Yeah. So uh, cats are cool. Great. No, I mean, cats are okay. All right. I have another news item. The improv group will be performing their first show. Yes. Wet Crackers. First show. It's not Wet Crackers. We have a name. Now, see, I don't, I don't say my name, but then I'm going to say the name of my improv group, and then people are going to be able to find out who I am. If somebody's, willing to, if somebody's willing to do the legwork. God bless them. <laughs> yeah. God bless. If you're willing to do the legwork, God bless them. I mean, nobody's going to come to my improv group. First show because we are performing at a Black Friday improv marathon. Ooh. Okay. Except we're playing on Saturday, so that's confusing. And we're performing at the, what everyone has agreed is the best time for improv, 11.35 a.m. Oh, boy. You like a little midday improv? You gonna eat your brunch and then come see the improv show? You're going to bring your eggs Benedict to the improv show? I think the only thing worse than that would be seeing a black metal band play outside at 11 o'clock a.m. Yeah, there you go. I've seen happen before. It's not really really conducive to the atmosphere they're attempting to cultivate. Sure. Uh, Here's the thing for me, though. They could have picked us to play the 3 a.m. slot. And that's when okay. I am asleep. So yeah. at least it's a time when I am awake. Although, Uh-oh. I mean, now it would be a crapshoot, but 3 a.m., you could potentially have the kind of late night goofiness. That's true. Which I think would put you in a like a, a hyper state of improv. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, could be everybody could be a little tipsy. 11.35 a.m., I don't know. The only way people are going to be tipsy is if we hand out mimosas, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or Bloody Marys. Or Margaritas. So, come see us. The Saturday after Thanksgiving, we are the Rooster Boys. Rooster Boys? Yeah. Okay. Uh, It's from a a sketch. Not a sketch, but it's from a little scene that we did. Funny little scene. Okay. Uh, We're spelling it B-O-I-S, if you're confused. So, we'll see how that goes. Nice, man. And when is this? Um... Saturday, November the 20th. One second. Saturday, September 24th. At what venue? Sad- I'm going to try this one more time. Saturday, November 24th. I think I said September. Uh, at the Philadelphia Improv Theater. Well, that's very exciting. And I would absolutely be there if I was on that coast. 
Oh, so sad. If chance permits it, and I do happen to be out there, I'll, I'll be there in the front row. We'll see. Trying to get nope. in on the act. Wait, what? <laughs> hey, 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 this is my friend. This, this guy's my friend. I want to be in this, too. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on, dudes. Don't bogart the stage. We do a podcast together. You've listened. There is a... So Philadelphia Improv Theater has just constant improv. And there's a thing that they have called the Improv Jam, which is like you can just show up and do improv. And just like... it's, I think it's like, it's, it's like an open mic of improv. Okay. So that sounds you, like a time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how you want to see amateur stand-up comedians? Well, maybe you want to see amateur improv comedians. I whew, I don't know about that. I was thinking about what my improv character would be. It would be the um the guy who would just be like uh just look at the audience when something funny happens and be like, "Oh, what's up with that?" or just like just be really o- super obvious about jokes. Um and I I'm sure that's what uh some amateur improv I think you have to I think in all in all in all due respect, I think for this improv jam you have to have some improv that makes training. sense. It's not just toting, unlike a stand-up, an open mic stand-up act. You have to have a little bit of training. Yeah. Take that. Do you think there's fights between improv and stand-up comedians? Absolutely. Cool. You think I should bring a knife to this show? Yeah. Uh, Bring a a, a bicycle chain with you. Cool. Just whip some stand-up guy in the face with it. I mean, I don't think they're going to announce themselves at the show, like, Oh, hey, you were pretty good. I am a stand-up person. Well, that's the thing. When you get to be an advanced improv uh, performer, uh-huh. you you sort of hone your your radar for for comics. Like you could just tell, like they're yep. always standing. Uh, he's they're a funny. Stand- that that guy's a funny man. I could tell it. <laughs> they're always standing up. Exactly. And more jokes like these <laughs> at the improv show. Now, speaking of improv. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I've talked about how I am curious about it. I think hearing you get so excited about it and stuff has maybe be like, oh, man, I want to do this, too. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned uh, our friend, former guest, Jen. Yes. She, she and I have talked show. about taking improv classes. Uh-huh. Now, I actually saw something that we've been discussing. Uh, I happened to, to go to a coffee shop in uh, the Georgetown neighborhood of Seattle. And I saw a little flyer up on their bulletin board. Uh, there was a man offering pay-what-you-can improv classes. Whoa. I'm pretty sure it's at his house. Not a problem. And, I, yeah, you had to, like, schedule it with him. A one-on-one thing? I don't know. You guys have to go together. Now, is he a serial killer? Yes, but Is maybe- he a funny serial killer? Definitely, and maybe you can get in some classes before he myrtleizes you. Okay. Yes, and now I'm a lamp in his living room made of bones. Yes, and your skin is so soft. <laughs> yes, and I did wet the bed when I was a child. Why do you ask? Yes, and my underwear is also soiled, along with my socks. Wait, is that a serial killer thing? Uh, I think I was thinking of... Uh, the dude in Philadelphia that um, bought the underwear of children. Ah, Uncle Eddie Savitz. Correct, yes. Not a serial killer. No, no, just... Um, uh, a genuine uh, pervert. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. 
Um, I think that the worst thing that can happen from this, the worst realistic thing that can happen from this, other, you know, I don't think double mur- double murder is realistic here, but I think the worst thing that could realistically happen is he's just like a bad improv teacher. Now, the best thing that can happen here is that it turns out to be Dave Matthews doing like a side gig. Hmm. That, that would be the in, best. He lives in Seattle, right? What if it was Jeff Ament? That would be pretty sweet. Of Pearl Jam fame. I mean, I guess realistically the best thing that would happen is if it, it would be somebody from the Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah, that would probably be. Yeah. Just your, doing your like a weird, bet. like subversive approach to teaching improv. Yeah, underground. Subversive? Thank you, underground. Submersive. Submersive. Right, right, right. Where you're buried in the guy's backyard. Right, right, right. Now, BFS Maniacs, uh, should Jen and I do this? Hit us up. I mean, yeah. I want to hear your advice. My vote is absolutely, but I ask you this. For the sake of the podcast, could you just turn your iPhone recorder on, stick it in your pocket, and then before you walk into this house so we can have everything on tape? Now, doesn't that break some sacred improv rule? Sure, but here's the thing. A, we can find out if it's terrible and play it on on the on the podcast. Or B, we'll have a recording of the exact time and method that he uh, murdered you. Okay, that sounds like fun. And plus, if we have that on tape, people will feel bad for me. I will move forward with the podcast on my own and really jump to national acclaim. Yeah, I bet if you played a tape of one of the hosts getting murdered that would really get you some big no 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 big no, download like, ratings no like the recording download ratings no like the recording would be on like cnn like hey this person like recorded their own death death by the way he was a part of um best friend simulator um and then people are just like what's that and then they look up the new episode and it's and it's called episode f- what episode is this 49. 49. So it's called episode 50, all by myself. Okay. Now, here's a question. Shoot. Shoot it at me. Who would edit the podcast? (laughs) Fuck you. All right. (laughs) That was a low blow, you piece of shit. I'd learn how to do it. Or I would send it out. To whom? Some sort of editing service. Okay. Don't get all in my business. Okay. Also, don't ask me what I'm going to do on my podcast once I do it by myself, all right? That's up That's up to me. Me alone. I won't have to pass anything by you anymore to I'll constantly be, get shot down. I'll be in heaven with my dad. Um, Josh, <laughs> I think we got to talk. <laughs> I don't think you're going to heaven. I don't think my dad would be in heaven either, then. Yeah. You know what, though? Maybe there's, to... maybe there's not a heaven or a hell, because this is all simulation. That's right. We're here. Part two of Best Friend Simulator Simulator. Great, great title. <laughs> I think it's pretty stellar. So, do you have a good working understanding of what we were talking about last yeah. episode? Yeah, so so in the future, 
Um, they're going to make a computer that's more powerful than any computer that's ever been made. And they're going to use that computer for some reason to replay a simulation or to create a simulation of the entirety of humanity up until that point. Yes. Still not sure why, but eh. like why they would do this. It'd be fun. And so what they're, what you're saying, if I and correct me if I'm wrong, is that this computer will be so precise that it will recreate us to the atom potentially potentially so that we would even feel like we do and not know we're in a computer simulation yes now i'll get into it in a little bit all right i don't want to confuse you the atom part no that that's an interesting part that'll tie in down the line so yeah basically bostrom argues that it's statistically likely that we are in a computer simulation provided a civilization doesn't get wiped out before we gain the ability to do a simulation like that or b for whatever reason when humanity gets to that level they decide not to run simulations so so what you're saying is that if as long as we decide to we have the technology oh as long as people don't all die and we decide to do it that statistically we probably are in a simulation. Yes, because according to Bostrom's theory, we'll be able to run a very high amount of such simulations. So if in this post-human future, thousands of years from now, whatever humanity is at the time is running 500 million simulations, it's more likely that we are one of those simulations instead of the original timeline. Okay, have we gone over, I don't think we have, why we would want to do this? I mean, we run simulations of things all the time, right? Are you we asking run... me or telling me? No. I mean, that that's a thing we do with Shh. our... Sure, we, ha- we run simulations, yeah, but what we would run... be the point of running a simulation of the entire entirety of humanity? I mean, if you could run a simulation of humanity from like... Jumping out the gate, you know, from okay. like like yeah. Australopithecus afarensis, for example. If you could run a simulation like that and observe the progression of humanity from there to you 10,000 years in the future with a uh, fucking cyber eyes or whatever. Hmm. I think I think my question is not why wouldn't we? I'm, I'm specifically asking if maybe if like these folks that we're talking about, Bostrom, right? Bostrom? Yeah. If uh, Bostrom, oh, Bostrom has... A, Reasoning as to why we would do this. He has not cited one. Okay. Okay. And I can, I guess, right, you know, maybe trying to figure out cancer stuff or teach a computer AI, because then you would have the whole of our emotional responses and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can tell, Bostrom has not gone into this, although I'll look into it. And then for next episode, come back and and see if he has any ideas. That'd be great. Yeah. So, as you may have guessed, many people have issues with Bostrom's simulation hypothesis. Okay, sure. You know, for starters, his whole argument hinges on the idea that consciousness is ultimately based on computation. Okay. So there's the idea that our brains are basically running mathematical equations like a computer would be, for example. Right. right. Uh-huh. And if that is the case, 
then that means we could take those algorithms that our brain is running and switch it to a different medium. Instead of a, a meat-based calculation, we're doing a silicon-based calculation. We're running the same software on different components. Mm. But that has yet to be proven definitively. And in fact, one of the really crazy things is we don't even have a great grasp on what consciousness is exactly. Like, it's one of those things people struggle to define. Uh, it's one of those things that people... And I'm, I'm, talk, I'm not talking like the woo-woo, the like wing nuts out there. I'm saying like real mm. scientists. This is... This has been like a topic I've been very interested in uh, for the past six months or so. I've been reading a lot, listening to a lot about it. But yeah, consciousness is a, a very complicated thing. And it's a thing that we are very confused by. So we we can't really say that it is computational in nature. Okay. So, so much of that hinges, so much of Bostrom's argument hinges on the fact that we would have to have, our, our brain is basically a computer, as it were. So another big critique, and this is one that... I'll get into it. Another big critique is that in September of 2017, researchers at Oxford University published a paper called Quantized Gravitational Responses, the Sign Problem, and Quantum Complexity in the journal Science Advances. Uh, After observing a link between gravitational anomalies and computational complexity, researchers concluded there's not enough particles in the known universe that could sustain the computing power necessary for a simulation of this scale. Hmm. Basically, the, the researchers were attempting to calculate the resources necessary to simulate a complex quantum interaction between large amounts of interacting particles. Uh, they found that the computations required to perform such a task were so large that an attempt to simulate an entire model of the universe would require more atoms than can possibly exist in the universe. That's does, does, crazy. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, so they're saying, basically they're saying the energy needed is to simulate the universe is more energy than it's in the universe. Exactly. Which which makes sense, right? Like it Sure. So basically, yeah, in, in order to model something, you need more resources to model it than you would just the simple thing itself, right? Right. Yeah, because you're not you're taking the couple billion people and all the other stuff but then simulating it Many, many, many times. Yes. Hmm. So this has been one of the big ahas that people have about okay. simulation hypothesis. This is like a big, a lot of people feel like this is the thing that nails it down and is like, no, this can't happen because you need this. One caveat, though, is that their conclusion is based entirely on classical computational resources. Such a simulation is impossible with the type of computer systems we have now, but 10,000 years from now, we could have something completely different, something absolutely alien to what we're using now that could potentially do this. Is that what a quantum computer is? Quantum computers are kind of complicated. All right, let's not get into it then. It's, yeah, no, a quantum computer wouldn't work the way that normal computers work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, it's it's a different thing. I, I don't think you could run... At least our idea of quantum computers now, but I mean, who knows? I don't. I don't know. What about Alienware computer? They're pretty good. Yeah, those are probably pretty fucking good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, yeah. move, moving forward. Um, but no, speaking of a, a video game specific thing, this one ties in with that. Uh, so, in addition, uh, opponents of this idea that a model would require more elements would require more atoms than exist in the universe. People point to 
the concept of occlusion boundaries in modern video games, right? So like when you're playing Skyrim, the entire world isn't being simulated all at once, only the parts under direct observation. So like you've, you've seen in a video game where like you enter a world or you exit a building or something and you actually see at the edge of the map, like it's beginning to get rendered. Like you catch it like a tree right. falling into place or something. Right. Um, you know, so people point to that. Uh, and say, you know, like, you don't need to model the entire thing. You only need to model the parts under observation. Okay. You know, if a tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? No, because that would require more resources that the simulation has. Now, a lot of people cite the the quantum double slit experiment. Are you familiar with this? How, how up are you on your quantum physics, Dennis? Oh, I stopped after one semester. Okay. I just didn't like the administration. Oh, I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So the quantum slit experiment is very complicated, but it determined that light and mass exist in a quantum state of both waves and particles at the same time. Um, and one of the observations that they derived from this was that measurement or observation, as it's more commonly known, somehow collapses the wave function and determines a different outcome. Therefore, observing the world around us affects the world around us. Um, I think I speak for everyone when I say, what? Yeah, shit is confusing. Basically, they were shooting waves and then particles through this tiny little slit and then a pair of slits eventually. And when they weren't looking at it, the particles were moving in consistent to something of a wave but then when they would use a measuring device to observe it it would always be a particle whoa yeah now that's kind of a drastic oversimplification of the the observer effect of the observer uh it's one of the things that so as somebody who is adjacent to paranormal stuff somebody who is very interested in it but doesn't believe in it i always get really pissed when people try to tie quantum mechanics into paranormal shit mm-hmm. because they tend to use people's misunderstandings. They tend to like fill the gaps with science, sounding things without actually right. knowing what they're talking about. Right now, right. this doesn't necessarily mean we're creating the world as we look at it. This is only happening on a quantum level. This isn't happening on the macro level, you know, but also I think, now, I spent 45 minutes today, no lie. I fell down a rabbit hole reading about the quantum observer, you know, quantum split slit observer and stuff, like all that stuff. But I lost it. I think what someone was trying to say, and I could be completely wrong about this, was that in order to observe these particles, they had to bounce photons off of them. And the act of the photon hitting the particle would change its function. Oh, okay. not, not somebody looking at it. This wasn't somebody looking at it. This was a measurement like recording device. Hmm. So I think that's what they were saying. That makes sense. But I could be completely wrong. I as much as I'm interested in quantum physics, I don't fucking know. I'm an ignorant welder. You sure are. So, yeah. So so those are some specific counters to it. Another thing that the biggest thing to me uh, that I thought from the very beginning, the second I heard about simulation hypothesis is that it's unfalsifiable, you know, 
Mm-hmm. The, the problem is how could, if somebody were to try to, to, to come up with a way to prove that we were in a simulation, but then it fell through, you could always say, yeah, but that's because it's the simulation countering it, you right. know? And in a situation like that, where you could basically try to explain it away, it, it, it doesn't make sense. So the inability to prove something false does not mean it's true. I think the onus is on the individual claiming something is true to provide evidence for it. So in this case, I mean, you could say, yeah, the simula- the universe is a simulation. But you have just as much evidence that the universe exists on the big toe of a 10-year-old kid in Nebraska, you know? Right. There's just as much evidence for that, you know? And unless you actually have something solid, that doesn't mean it's a real thing. Uh, ultimately, you know, this is a thought experiment. There's never been any evidence for it. Yeah, but it's it seems like too perfect because not perfect, but like everything. Every time you try to explain it or explain it away, like, well, what about this? You can say you can, like you said, you could say, well, it's because the simulation made it so. Exactly. Well, well, what? Why? How do I never see the edge of the? observable universe well it's because like the the simulation blah 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 right but wouldn't the simulation not want us to think we were in a simulation therefore so that we didn't change our behavior right you you would think that i would it it reminds me of uh an episode i haven't seen it in a very long time but there was an episode of star trek the next generation What's up, Jim? I know you're about to be very excited about this. Uh, oh, if you, dude, if you get it wrong, I know. Be I'll hear from him. I believe on the holodeck, they did a simulation of Sherlock Holmes and Sherlock Holmes's nemesis, Moriarty. The simulation of Moriarty figured out that he was in a simulation and then hmm. managed to, like, I don't remember exactly what he did, but he attempted to wrest control of it or something along those lines. Huh. So. So we need something like that to happen. Now, people do claim there's evidence that we are in a simulation, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people will call a glitch in the matrix. Like the Bernstein Bears? That's Mandela effect, which people do tie into this. But yeah, yeah, more or less, that is something that people point to and say, yeah, that's that's proof that we're in, in a, a simulation. You know, like... So you have, for example, synchronicity is one oh, of the the biggest the things. Record. It's a good record. You know, I've never been in the police. What's that? Nothing. Um, yeah, basically, synchronicity are meaningful coincidences, as as Young said. You know, like for example, you got this cat that was already named Rudy. You have a grandfather named Rudy. Your mom sees that as a sign. She that's synchronicity in and of itself, right there. So a lot of people will point to synchronicity and say, this is proof that there's something greater going on. Now, why this suddenly is proof that we're living in a simulation, whereas 100 years ago, it was, this is proof God's intervening in our lives. Mm. You know, like, it, it's, again, it's a non-falsifiable thing. And, I mean, synchronicity is a thing I could take a whole podcast to discuss because, you know, people will try to say something is completely impossible, but that's not really... That's really just a bad understanding of statistics on their part. Okay. 
so yeah, you have synchronicity, you have deja vu. A lot of people say that that is a sign that we're living in a simulation that, uh, as they explained in the matrix. Yeah. So I think, so I'm sorry, you were going to finish that. Nope. That, yeah, you kind of said it like in the matrix, they said it's like a stuck thing, Mm. you know, like you're, you're, it's like a loop that you're stuck in kind of. So I think here's my question and you're probably going to answer this in the next episode. Where is the conspiracy theory here? Well, there's not one as far as I can tell. Oh, wait, no, no, there is. There is. Now, yeah, next episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about some things. Uh, David Icke has a theory connected to simulation hypothesis. Um, We talked about David Icke in our lizard people reptilian episode. Yes. Now, he, I don't think his his aligns directly to Bostrom's um, to Bostrom's argument, but he's got something. So I'll get into that next episode. Um, and also I was going to try to talk about it today, but I'm going to wait until next episode because I really want to talk about it and give us more time. I want to talk about Roko's Basilisk, oh. which is one of my very favorite kind of thought experiment weirdo things spring forth from the internet. Oh, boy. Yes. Should be interesting. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a weird topic because it's like, it's a con- kind of a conspiracy theory, but you also just can't debunk it. Yeah. There's it's, no way. I mean, ultimately, I think it's useful in some ways because it makes us think about greater things than just our day-to-day lives. You know, it, it asks... Just in like this this somewhat silly premise, it forces us to think about some very heady things about the nature of the universe, the nature of consciousness, you know, like technology. And, and so I, I think it's valuable in that sense. Hmm. But I will say, if I'm living in a simulation right now, it's a bullshit simulation because my cat just took a shit in this room and it stinks really bad. Mm-hmm. And... I, I want to reboot this simulation. Or it just shows you that even the simulation of your life is pretty lame. Yeah, dog. And you could really have... Who, who do I get in touch with to, to code something better in my life here? Bostrom. Bostrom. Yo, hook me up with, like, maybe a Halloween that lasts for, like, a week. Ooh. Can you make my cat's shit not stink so bad? And I want abs. But everything else the same. Okay, that's fair. That'd be weird. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Josh. I I think that's all the time we had for this simulation. Or is it? Pull the plug. Deja vu. Say goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight. Goodnight. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye. <laughs>